following the lectionary text this summer, which means uh, we, we get to hear a number of, of texts from the same books. And this one, I will say, I know I say this a lot, but I will say it really is one of my favorite scriptures. So hear now this good word of the Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of God's glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or even imagine. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I forgot to mention, if you lost your shade, again, please feel free to move. Some of you are, have been transfigured. <laughs> Let us pray. Generous God, from whom, whom comes every morsel we eat and every gift we are moved to share, test us, challenge us, feed us, that our eyes may be opened to realize the abundance we receive from your hand, and our ears may be opened to hear your word and our wills may be strengthened to follow fearlessly where Christ leads. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Okay, imagine this scenario. You, you have agreed to participate in a research study directed by a renowned psychologist. Like many studies, you don't know quite what the experiment is all about. You can't know that. But what you've been asked to do is really quite simple. Two groups of people, half in white shirts and half in black shirts, are passing a basketball back and forth between the groups. You are supposed to count how many times the people in the white shirts touch the ball. It's pretty simple. So you intently monitor the movements on the court. I mean, you're going to get this down. You're going to get an A plus. You're going to have an accurate answer. So you feel very confident that your report is totally accurate. All of this is to say is you are not expecting the question the research assistant asks you after you submit your number. Did you see the gorilla? What now? Maybe you didn't hear that right. What's this about a gorilla? Sure enough, 
partway through the experiment while your eyes were fixed on what you had been asked to observe, a man in a gorilla suit walked through the scene. In fact, the man in the gorilla suit did not merely walk. He jumped up and down. He waved his arms. He made a scene. And then he made his exit. And you, along with 50% of the participants in the study, entirely missed his presence. Now maybe you're telling yourself, oh, I, wouldn't have, I would have been in the other 50%. Half and half. So many of the participants who did not see the gorilla adamantly refused to believe that there had been a gorilla. They had to be shown footage proving the presence of the gorilla. Some of them were, were angry and frustrated. You can't tell me there was a gorilla in the room. They hadn't seen it with their own eyes. Believe it when I see it. Now, I'll tell you, this was a very real study undertaken at the University of Illinois. Supposedly, there's some YouTube footage of it, but I have not looked that up. I read about it in an article by Andrew Root. So Root takes this oddball story about a study on visual cognition and observation blindness, and he connects it rather convincingly with the spiritual life of Christians. He writes, God is in the background, and our day-to-day, moment-to-moment attention is on material things. Most people are unwilling to stop paying attention to what society deems most important. They can't, as it were, stop counting the number of basketball passes or focusing on their bank accounts, Twitter followers, product promotions, or consumer purchases to attend to something different. The problem is not that God is not visible, but that to pursue the analogy, God is the gorilla whose appearance we have been blinded. There is, however, a way to avoid this observation blindness, a way even to encounter the event of God speaking. This is the way of prayer. I am increasingly convinced that the most important thing for our congregation and for the individuals who comprise it is to make sure we are seeing the gorilla, which is to say, to make sure we are not blind to the presence of God. This is indeed the way of prayer, attentive, quiet, persistent prayer. This is why we printed yard signs asking ourselves and our neighbors, where did you see God's love today? It's not a rhetorical question. If we believe in the God revealed to us through the beautiful life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if we believe that this God sent 
a spirit to dwell within and among us until the end of the age, then we need to intentionally cultivate the eyes to see and the ears to hear how this magnificent God is moving and acting in our world. Again, this is the way of prayer. Attentive, quiet, persistent prayer. Prayer is also the way of our scripture today. It is St. Paul's prayer for the Christians in Ephesus. And it is my prayer for each and every one of you. I'm especially fond of the message translation of the text. So here, part of the scripture again, this time imagine as vividly as you imagined the gorilla. Imagine these words being prayed over you, specifically and personally, for that is precisely what is happening. I ask God to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love reach out and experience the breadth, test its lengths, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Consider what we're asking for here. This prayer encompasses everything we need from God. We are praying for inner strength that is only possible when we welcome Christ into our hearts. We are praying to be grounded in God's unconditional and transformative love. And we are praying to have minds attuned to the vast and unending love of Christ. Only with this openness of heart and mind can we begin to live into the full and abundant life that is offered to us through God's grace. God is jumping up and down, waving God's arms at us, and we could easily walk by in a cloud of cultural interference and trivial distractions. How can we fail to pay attention to a strength so necessary, a love so profound, a presence so real, and abundant. How can we miss such a glorious gorilla? I want to assure you that I am more than ever taking seriously my responsibility as one of your pastors to pray with you and for you. These words of Paul's have become a refrain as I pray for the members of this congregation to receive Christ's strength and to know Christ's love. And I pray too that whatever the condition of your prayer life, you will go ever deeper on this journey of seeing 
and knowing and hearing God's presence. You don't need to learn any new tricks. You don't need to buy any new books or establish lofty goals. You can just say, God, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want you to move into the chambers of my imperfect heart and take up residence there. After all, as the message continues, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever or imagine or guess or even request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently within us. May it be so, friends. May it be so. I invite you to rise and bow.